All right, welcome. We're gonna get started. Um, we're gonna wait. If people come in, that's fine. They'll just grab some sheets and stuff. Um, we're very excited for you guys to all be here. Um, my name's Carlos. Um, this is my wife, Berkeley. Um, before we get started, um, we just wanna kinda go over what this class is and what it's not, right? So um, the purpose of this class, what it is, right, or what it's not, it's not an open debate. So we don't want this to cause a huge debate between us or anything. We just wanna be able to come here and learn and ask questions. We want your questions, we want your feedback, we want you to think through this stuff, but it's not, oh, we're up here teaching you and telling you this is what you have to believe, this is what it is, right? We don't wanna debate about that. Um, and this class is also not gonna cover every single question that you might have about Christianity. Um, one good example is always, why is there evil in the world, right? That kind of question, we're probably not gonna go too much into that question specifically. It's more on the evidence for the resurrection. So feel free to ask questions. Um, there'll be opportunities throughout the class, but um, if we don't answer one specific question, we can always talk about it after class or in, a, in another time, but just kinda wanna go over this. So what this class is, we want it to be an open discussion. So we're going to stop, you know, so paying attention because we're going to stop and be like, so what did you hear? What, you know, but we might call on people, so be ready. Uh, we want this to be an open discussion. So rather than necessarily debate and fighting, but we do want um, you to discuss and give your thoughts and questions. Um, and then, like, like you said, it's not every question you might have about Christianity, but it's specifically an explanation of historical facts. We're not going to go into science. Historical facts of uh, that provide a foundation for the belief in Jesus' resurrection. Come on in, grab a sheet. Find your, there's a couple seats up here. Um, and so that's what this class is specifically focused on. So yeah, so this week, just so you know, it's broken up into two two weeks. This week we're just going to go over the facts, and then next week we're going to actually go into the explanation of why those facts are actually factual, right? Why they're why they uh, make sense and kind of the beliefs of like, why would they not make sense? And so second class is gonna explain the facts. Today, we're just gonna go over the facts. Um, so yeah, and like Burke said, we're gonna maybe call on you, it's fine if you don't if you don't know something. We're just, we want this to be a discussion, so feel free to ask questions, feel free to jot down some stuff. Yeah. And I'm on staff in college ministry, he's an accountant, we're not experts on this. Yes. <laughs> so you know, this guy is, and this is the book we're using um, in this material. So I would highly recommend, uh, we want you to ask questions, we can't guarantee we're going to answer every question, but I would really recommend that you go to this guy's website. It's really, really great. It's called reasonablefaith.org. And um, so this guy's name is William Lane Craig. He wrote this book called On Guard, Defending Your Faith with Reason and Precision. Um, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about him. He's a research professor of philosophy at Houston Baptist University. He has his master's and his PhD from schools in England and Germany, and he has debated the existence of God um, with people like Christopher Hitchens, Lawrence Cross, and Harris. Um, he's been all over the world and has published over 30 books. He's either edited or written over 30 books. Um, and so, very qualified. We're going to actually watch a few videos throughout the class. We're going to watch videos of him giving a lecture and then some animated videos that he also created his website, um, on his website. So reasonablefaith.org would highly recommend um, you check that out. Um, so. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, um, so it's critical to know, and I, I think it was really impactful when I read this, um, when I referenced this book and these videos, was that it really 
impactfully that Christianity, the history of it, specifically the resurrection, can largely be historically investigated, which is really big. I don't know if y'all were there last week when I was up front talking, but I was like, a lot of people think, like, to be a Christian, you've just got to have blind faith in something there's no evidence for. Um, so I was really impressed, I hope you guys are too, you know, to look into this and realize, wow, there's a lot of historical evidence for this um, that I can really base my belief in the resurrection on. And I don't know how all of you are coming in. Some of you might be coming in and going, I don't believe this. Some of you might be like, I do believe this, but I would like to be able to talk about this with historical evidence kind of level with my friends and family. Um, and so I'm really excited. Um, this today's class, we're going to kind of talk about how historians, non-Christian and Christian, um, really believe that it come, when it comes to the resurrection of Christ, New Testament critics really see as historical the basic facts that support the resurrection of Jesus. So we're going to dive more into how historians do that way. So before we dive into the evidence, why do you think this open session? Why do you think this matters? Why do you think Jesus' resurrection matters? Why is this an important event? Yeah? If it didn't happen, what's this all about? Exactly. Yep. Yep. What else? Any other reasons why resurrection would be important? So if Jesus didn't raise rise from the dead, then he wasn't able to have power over death. And if he didn't have power over death, then he really wasn't God. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or part of the Trinity. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. evidence of God the Father accepting this sacrifice. Mm-hmm. We're going to look at Dr. Craig in a little bit of why he said this, this matters. Most people are happy to agree that God exists, but in our pluralistic society, it's become politically incorrect to think that God has decisively revealed himself in Jesus. What justification can Christians offer in contrast to Hindus, Jews, or Muslims for thinking that the Christian God is real? Well, the answer of the New Testament to that question is clear, the resurrection of Jesus. The Apostle Paul declared, God will judge the world by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. Acts 17.31, the resurrection is God's vindication of Jesus' radical personal claims to divine authority. Right, so very much what you were saying, right? Like, if Jesus hadn't rose from the dead, um, all the claims he made about himself would kind of fall flat, right? But when he made claims about himself to be the Messiah, to be the Son of God, the Son of Man, John 14, 6, when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but for me, when Jesus raised from the dead, um, instead of just dying and that was it, it really showed, like, the God of the universe was vindicating these claims, was affirming these claims that he made about himself. So, so before we, we're going to go into three facts. Before we go into that, just want to clarify, we're making an assumption, right? And something important to look at is that we actually have to make sure that we know what tomb Jesus was in, right? Because if we have the wrong tomb, then we're starting off in the wrong foot, right? So um, if I could get three people to read, maybe David, do you mind reading the first one? No now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. 
was a member of the council, a good and righteous man, who had not consented to their decision and action. And he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. True, you want to do that? Yes. Uh, and Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his uh, own new tomb, which he had cut in, into the rock. <clears throat> and he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Tracy, want to read that one? The chief priests and the whole... Uh, yes, and he... Yeah. We're looking for evidence against Jesus, so they put him to death. But they could not find him. I am, said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the mighty one. And coming on the clouds of heaven, the high priest tore his clothes. Why do you need any more witnesses? He asked. You have heard the last So from here we see that the Bible says that Joseph of, I always have a hard time with this word, Arimathea, buried Jesus in his tomb, right? And some things to point out here, he was a member of the council, right, who had not consented to their decision. So does anybody know what this means, what being a member of the council was? Yeah, so he was part of the Sanhedrin group, right? And do we know, like, who these Sanhedrins are or what they did? So this was the group that actually condemned Jesus. Um, so he was part of this group. Um, and then, do you want to explain that last He's part? He's like the Jewish legal, they're like the Jewish legal counsel, right? And as you can see in the previous verse, it says, they all condemned him to death, right? Even though you see up here that Joseph of Arimathea, who ha he had not consented to their decision, and that means the decision to crucify Jesus, but obviously he hadn't spoken up. there's that first line item right it says there is no other blank story of where Jesus was buried so if you heard on on the video it says there's no other competing right so this is one of the important things that we wanted you guys to take away and I don't think we mentioned this but if you want where we got these videos at the end you can always give us your email we'll kind of direct you to the links and all that stuff but yeah so there's no other competing story so right and that kind of makes sense um when we were there last week talking about this, this is kind of the stuff that I started thinking about. Like, it really makes sense. If there was another story, then someone else would have said something like, hey, no, I don't agree with this. This is what actually happened. Or 
But the fact that everyone can come together and go like, yep, this is what's true, and we all unanimously agree that this was the tomb that he put him in. So, and Josephus um, is a Jewish historian outside the Bible that affirms this, that it was Joseph's tomb. So it's not even just in the Bible. So we'll watch another clip, and then that'll answer that second part of your worksheet right there. Now, a second reason to think that the burial story is accurate is the criterion of embarrassment. This criterion states that if an incident or event is awkward or embarrassing for the early Christian church, then it's more likely to be historical. And the story of the burial by Joseph of Arimathea passes this criterion. Jesus was not buried by his family members or by his devoted disciples. Instead, they all deserve him. And instead, he's buried by a member of the hated Sanhedrin, the Jewish court, all of whom, Mark says, voted to condemn Jesus to the cross. So the burial by Joseph of Arimathea is very probable historically. It is highly unlikely that the early Christians would have invented a story about a member of the Sanhedrin giving Jesus a proper burial in a tomb if this has not been, in fact, the case. So right there on your sheet, right, the, if you didn't catch the, the words... Okay, there it is. There you go. <laughs> there are the answers. Uh, so underlining is just embarrassing and then credit it. And Burke, this was a little confusing to me. So why was it embarrassing that he, that he, um, someone from the Sanhedrin would have buried I'd Jesus? Hear, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Does that make sense? Why would that be embarrassing? So now that we've established that there's really good 
historians deem them separate independent accounts. Um, so there are six different ones um, that affirm the discovery of Jesus' empty tomb. All right, like I said, we're coming back to that criterion of embarrassment. Why would it be embarrassing? What did he say about women discovering the tomb? Um, so, so, so. Yeah, I just thought about this. Um, 
when we're in middle school, high school, right, a lot of us have that awkward stage, and then you go to college, and you hear a lot of people, like, making up all these stories, right? You're, like, the skinny kid playing football and being, like, the greatest quarterback, and then his friends come around, and he's no longer sharing that story, right? Because his friends are like, wait, you never even played football, or you didn't do this, so this is kind of what we're saying. Like, it's, it would be silly for you to make up something knowing that, hey, the people around me are going to check up on this, and they're going to know, like, hey, that's not true. Why are you lying about this? So just kind of give a reference to now. Totally, totally. So, we're going to stop here. What fact do you think was the most compelling for you? So we went through what piece of evidence, I should say, for this yeah, fact evidence. was the most compelling. So we have the six independent sources, women, not men, discovering the empty tomb, the response of Jewish authorities, and the fact that they shared this news in the same city where it happened. Which one for you is the most compelling? Or were they not? That's fine, too, right? Mm -hmm. Or were they not? Like, if you're like, hey, this, I still didn't, don't know why this would actually be considered evidence or not. Which one is compelling and which one do you still have?
one, one more. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask if the touches on when the argument that he just wasn't actually dead, like the cross didn't kill him, does your book go into when that argument oh, yeah. started coming out? We'll come to that yeah. next week. Okay. Yeah. So next week is going to be an explanation of these facts. So we're going to affirm all the facts. And, you know, we kind of go, okay, there's pretty good evidence for these things. Now, what's an explanation for it? And one is they hallucinate. One of the things that I wanted to add when I was sharing with, I've worked with non-Christians at work mostly, um, and when I was telling them about this class, I think it was very easy in the sense that we can just talk about it from a, hey, this isn't me trying to tell you like you have to believe in it or anything. And one of the things that I, I saw with them and was wondering, and maybe you can ask yourselves is, is it hard for you in your mind to look at any other piece of historical thing that happened and go, oh, yeah, there's evidence for that. And you don't question it as much. But as soon as you hear something that's like religious or the Bible or Jesus, you're already doubting differently. Right. When they're both being compared in the same way with facts and different things, like maybe another um, thing that happened, we say, oh, this had independent sources. They're like, oh, OK, cool. There's sources. Then I believe it. But when it comes to like something like this, right, is it harder for you? And it's just for you to think about, like, to believe it. And, and start asking yourself, like, why would that be? Or why can't, do I have difficulty with this? And maybe you don't. So just, just want to throw that out there. Okay. So any other questions about fact number one? We'll go into fact number two. Okay. So let's watch this clip. Fact number two. The appearances of Jesus alive after his death. In one of the earliest letters in the New Testament, Paul provides a list of witnesses to Jesus' resurrection appearances. He appeared to Peter, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Finally, he appeared also to me. Furthermore, Various resurrection appearances of Jesus are independently confirmed by the Gospel accounts. On the basis of Paul's testimony alone, virtually all historical scholars agree that various individuals and groups experienced appearances of Jesus alive after his death. It may be taken as historically certain that Peter and the disciples had experiences after Jesus' death in which Jesus appeared to them as the risen Christ. All right, so what are the two issues here, right, that we see? So in 1 Corinthians 15, and when the video says, I, Paul, he's kind of saying it from the perspective of it's not Paul speaking there, right? I had that, someone asked me that. Um, so he appeared to Peter, 12 disciples, his brother James, Paul, apostles, and 500 brothers at once, right? So, and again, next week we're going to go into like, okay, proving how like, okay, you usually don't show up to 500 people at once, right? You would want to show up to one person because if not, they're hallucinating, stuff like that. We'll go into that. And then again, the four independent sources and reminding you of what Burke said, right? Now we have one book called the Bible, but back then, right? It was four independent letters that make up the Bible. So we're going to show one more video and then... Um, we'll talk about this. Interesting that Paul doesn't just list the appearance to the 500 brethren, but he adds this parenthetical comment that most of them are still alive, uh, though some have died. Now, why does he add that? Well, one of the characteristics of ancient historical writing 
was to list the eyewitnesses whom inquirers could go and speak with about the event. And so Paul is saying, in effect, the witnesses are there to be questioned. Paul knew that these witnesses were still about, and you can tell that this isn't just speculation on his part, because he was aware that some had died, and he mentions that. But the others were still about and could be uh, interrogated if one wanted to talk to them about what they had seen. Bill, talk about Jesus' younger brother, James. Why is he so important to scholars that he's a part of that list? This is so remarkable, John, that in this list of appearances, it includes James, Jesus' younger brother. This is remarkable because neither James nor any of Jesus' other brothers apparently believed in him during his lifetime. They didn't think he was the Messiah. They didn't think he was a prophet. They didn't think he was anybody special. Indeed, there are some stories in the Gospels that suggest they thought that Jesus was crazy. And yet, in the book of Acts, all of a sudden, Jesus' family turns up in the upper room in worship with the other Christians. And eventually, James emerges as one of the leaders in the New Testament church. He eventually becomes the sole elder of the church in Jerusalem. That's all we hear about James in the New Testament. But from Josephus, the Jewish historian, we learn that James, the younger brother of Jesus, was martyred for his faith in the mid-AD 60s during a lapse in the civil government when the Sanhedrin illegally stoned him to death. Now, think of this. What would cause James to move from becoming an unbeliever and skeptic about his older brother to being willing to die for his belief in Jesus as Messiah? Jesus' crucifixion would only confirm in James' mind that his older brother was delusory. Can there be any doubt that the reason for this transformation in James is what Paul says, then he appeared to James. Now, most of us have brothers. What would it take for you to believe that your brother is the Lord so that you would be ready to die for that belief? Can there be any doubt that this transformation in James is due to the fact that he did experience an appearance of Jesus risen from the dead? So, just to summarize, that was a longer video, right? But the, one of the most important parts was that most of the eyewitnesses were still alive, right? And again, kind of going back to that, you can fact check this, right? Um, so the other day I was talking to Chad and he was, mentioned something about Ben working out with me. He's never seen him work out with me. I'm sure Ben told him that he works out with me, right? But if I would have heard that and been like, he's never worked out with me, I would have said something, right? I was like, oh yeah, he comes to work out. Like, so there's eyewitnesses. If I was dead, there's no way of him knowing. Ben can say whatever he wants, right? So... This is why it's very key, and I think it was very simple to understand, like, okay, if there's people around, and they were saying this, and no one was saying, like, hey, that's not true, then it must have been true, right? Um, and then the transformation of Jesus' brother, and it is a good thing to think about, right? Like, what would it take for you, and put yourself in, in James's shoes, right? You have a brother named Jesus, apparently he was born an angel, whatever, right? All these weird things, and he's like, hey, I'm the Lord, I'm the Messiah, and you're like, this guy's a little crazy, you know, he's kind of doing miracles, I guess. I don't know, but they killed them. I'm like, oh man, like clearly you weren't who you said you were, right? So seeing him resurrected and then him going like, 
everything you said plus seeing what happened, now I'm willing to die for this, like, right? It's kind of, it'd be weird for you to die in something that doesn't make sense or be like, hey, Burke, please lie about this, like, even if they're gonna kill you. Right. You know it's wrong, right? Yeah. Now, if you think, right, if, you're, if you really believe in something, it's not true. Oh, yeah. You yeah, just yeah. believe it. Obviously, people die for <coughs> all the time. But if you know you're lying, who would go to their death? And all of these disciples would go to their death for something they know mm-hmm. they're lying about. So, before we move on to the next, the last uh, fact, is there any questions? Kind of same question what was most compelling? What was not compelling? Mm-hmm. We'll start over here then. Um, yeah. So, this is something I've always kind of wondered about. There was an apostle also named James, right? How do they keep the two, like, how do they know they weren't referring to one James versus the other one? Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to my question, but you're right. There was an apostle James, and there's the brother James. So, the, the one who wrote the book of James is the brother of Jesus. And so, um, I know there's acceptance, like, yeah, he says he's the brother of Jesus, but I'm not sure exactly how they keep all of them straight. Chad, do you want to answer that question? No, I'm writing it down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be too confusing, but I actually did put an answer to your previous question. Um, you asked about if there's outside evidence to do the empty. So it's called a Toledo Jesu. Toledo Jesu. We're going to spell that right here. Um, it's a compilation of early Jewish writings, and it's another source that acknowledges that the tomb was empty, and it tends to explain it away. So yeah, it's like, oh, this tomb was empty, but this is the reasoning, right? Um, and then there's a rec- there's a uh, record of a second century debate between a Christian and a Jew, and re- in which a reference is made to the fact that the Jews claimed the body was stolen. So that's outside the Bible, early historical evidence that at least the tomb was empty. How it happened? But there's outside of this Jewish evidence, people that are against the Christians saying, well, yeah, the tomb was empty, but this was
<laughs> Jeez. So that, that evidence. So like, if you're looking at pure numbers, like that's insane. So right. Not one of them went back when I'm actually relying. You know, like actually, five hundred people to all convince them. You know. And I think we're going to about to go over this on section three. Like, they had no frame of reference for a Messiah coming, dying, and rising again. That wasn't a prophecy they were fulfilling. Like, the only concept of a resurrection was the group resurrection at the end of their earth. Like, that's what Jews believed in. And then the Messiah would come and rule and reign and liberate them. Like, so for them to all agree on this story that was never predicted that he would die and then rise again. It's not like, like, oh, yeah, that's right, and Deuteronomy says this. Let's say that this is the guy and that he did this. There is no, there's no prophecy for that, right? It's that he would come and he would rule and he would reign, and, and that's not what happened when he died on the cross. But we're about to get into it, so I don't want to ourselves. But it would be nothing that they would have been told to say from what they believed as Jewish people. They didn't know this beforehand. Right. They just started hearing this from Jesus, and that's why, I mean, you even see his disciples kind of questioning him at times, like, who are you, right? Like, are you, yeah, what do you mean rebuild the temple? And, I mean, when they crucified him, they all got scared, right? If they knew what was happening, they really believed and thought about it, they would have been like, oh, it's fine, he'll, he'll come back, or whatever. But that's great, we're going like, to go more into that explanation next week. So, yeah. I think it's kind of crazy, too, if you think of, like, when he actually died, they all took off, right? Mm -hmm. They all kind of abandoned him, but then when they saw him, they were willing to not just die, but, like, get brutally killed. Like, yeah. stone exactly. like, if someone was like, hey, just tell me this is true or not, and I won't stone you, like, I would tell them it's not true. Peter crucified, like, upside down. Yep. Like, he yeah. saw Christ crucified and how brutal that was, and he's like, I'll, I'll do it, too, because, you know, that's pretty That's pretty insane when right. he just died, they took off, but then yeah. when they saw him, they were willing to, like, go to that. Right. Yeah, so we're going to go into that in the third fact, because oh. the appearances of Jesus, that's good. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good point. Um, Oh, it was just in terms of distinguishing between James. Could be wrong, still so should fact check, but I'm pretty sure James, they always refer to him as James, son of oh, yeah. Sanity or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the laws of the which is saying, because you don't really have to say the son of Joseph. Maybe. But yeah. I think that might be the same. That's true. Christians suddenly became a Christian himself, 
as did Jesus' skeptical younger brother, James. Some sort of powerful, transformative experience is required to generate the sort of movement earliest Christianity was. That is why, as an historian, I cannot explain the rise of early Christianity unless Jesus rose again, leaving an empty tomb behind him. So if you look at the sheet there, um, go to the next slide. The disciples went, we already kind of talked about this, from demoralized, right, scared. It says they had locked themselves in. They were fearful for their lives, right? Their leader had just died, a humiliating death. And something happened where they went from that to being willing to die for this belief. Um, and like you said, very gruesome deaths. So that's strange um, and noteworthy. No knowledge of individual resurrection. That's kind of what I was talking about before. There was no prophecy saying your Messiah is going to come, then he's going to be murdered by his enemies, and then he's going to rise again. The only concept of a resurrection they had is in the last days. We are going to rise again, God's people. Um, we are going to you know, rise um, in crucifixion under God's curse. We're about to watch a video. He's going to give you the exact reference. I believe it's Deuteronomy 21 23. So again, these are Jews. They know the Old Testament. It actually says, cursed is the one who hangs on a tree. So crucifixion actually... <laughs> As they look at every Jew, be like, this means he's under God's curse. Like, that, which is beautiful. You know, as Christians, now we know what he was, right? He's under God's curse for us. But back then, right? They didn't know any of this. Back then, they're like, he's under God's curse. This means everything he said was a lie, right? And so, um, yeah. And then Paul and James' conversions. If you want to look up, these are actual references um, to um, James being skeptical of Jesus. So I know he, like, referenced, like, his younger brother thought he was crazy, or his family thought he was crazy. Those are the exact verses that talk about that, Mark 3.21 and John 7.5. And then this is Paul before and after. Who Paul was before, a lot of us are familiar with how he um, killed Christians, and then how afterwards he became a Christian. So it's like, what would make someone who was, he wasn't desperate to climb up in society. Like, he was top of society, right? He was in the Jewish society. Why would he go from killing Christians to becoming one? And then um, early rise of Christianity, unexplainable without the resurrection. And from Nazareth, dies a miserable death. There's a few followers around him. He does miracles, but there were other miracle workers. Um, Jesus wasn't the only one. The fact that, um, yeah, early rise of Christianity, like how he rise, so many people came to believe this. Um, it's really unexplainable. And like I said, I, I can, if you want to know exactly, some of these quotes that they're throwing up there, some of these people are not Christians. They're historians, and they're like, I don't exactly know what happened. I still don't believe in Jesus, but something happened, and somehow they saw Jesus after. Again, next week we're going to talk about they hallucinate, right? Did something else happen, right? Um, but it's really unexplainable unless something that he appeared to them in some way for them to go from so scared to willing to die and for the rise of Christianity to be so widespread. So we're going to watch one more video. He's going to repeat a lot of these facts, but he's going to add a couple more as well. The original disciples believed that Jesus was risen from the dead despite having every predisposition to the contrary. Think of the situation the disciples faced following Jesus' crucifixion. Number one, their leader was dead. And Jews had no expectation of a defeated and dying Messiah. Messiah, when he came, was supposed to throw off the yoke of Israel's enemies, and in this case, that meant Rome, and reestablish.
finish David's throne in Jerusalem, where he would command the respect of Jew and Gentile alike. He was not supposed to suffer defeat at the hands of his enemies and die the ignominious death of a criminal. Two, according to Jew Jewish law, Jesus' execution as a criminal showed him out to be a heretic, a man literally under the curse of God, according to Deuteronomy 21, 23. The catastrophe of the crucifixion for the disciples was not simply that their beloved master was gone, <coughs> but rather that the crucifixion showed, in effect, that the Jewish leadership had been right all along, that for three years they had been following a heretic, a man literally under the curse of God. Number three, Jewish beliefs about the afterlife precluded anyone's rising from the dead to glory and immortality before the general resurrection at the end of the world. Confronted with Jesus' crucifixion, all the disciples could have done was simply to preserve their master's tomb as a shrine where his bones could reside until that day when they and all of the righteous dead of Israel would be reunited by God in glory. But despite every predisposition to the contrary, the original disciples believed in and were willing to go to their deaths for the fact of Jesus' resurrection. All right, so um, again, like I said, he repeats a lot of what we just went um, reviewing. So if you can go back, that kind of lists out those facts. So again, same question. Which is most compelling? What questions do you still have? Which one is hard to believe? me it's not it's not one piece of evidence it's like because I could go through in my logical mind and, and start shooting down and get like we'll see some of the arguments and stuff next week against each of these individual facts but you just like compound all the facts together and you're going then that as a whole you're going okay I'm gonna I have to explain a way a lot not just I'm gonna knock this one down I'm gonna knock this one down and this is kind of how we do in legal circles when you're looking for a legal argument you're just going okay I put some doubt there, so that one's not true. I put some doubt there, that's not true. It doesn't mean that, like, come on, resurrection is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Like, it is. Yeah. But if you start, from, and then for a person that doesn't see raise, people raising from the dead all the time, um, <laughs> like, I, I'll look at all these things, and I'm going, yeah, they're, like, with them all together, there is no, there are explanations, there's no good explanations to, to me, personally. Gotcha. So, it, it's, not, it's not one piece I think probably if I was to write any of them, it's the, all these people dying by getting pulled apart and crucified and things like that. For something they know for sure is a lie, they're actually like That's stupid. Not that they were delusional, or they were, um, you know, like meaning to lie, or they were, they really believed in it, but they knew they were lying and then they died for it, um, which again is, is an argument that the disciples stole the body. Again, next week we're going to talk through that explanation. Um, but yeah. Why did they think that everything he said, why he was 
person and they got crucified, I, I just don't, my mind won't just accept that. Mm. Yeah, so Deuteronomy 21, 23, um, if you look it up, um, it says, cursed is the one who hangs on a tree. Um, and so the Jews in that time, again, this is Dr. Craig and all of his knowledge, all of his knowledge on Jewish culture back then, um, they believed if you were crucified, robber, you know, rapist, I don't know all the different things you could get crucified for, criminal, any criminal, that that meant, man, this, this is the worst of the worst, you're under God's curse. And so Jesus was thrown into that bunch by being on the cross with him. So again, Chad, there's, there's, a, there's a story, I think, in the in Old Testament on the, when Solomon's, I think it's either Solomon's kid when they rebelled against him. One of them is like riding on a horse away and he gets absolutely he gets like oh, scared and it's he gets caught in a tree. Yes. And they reference they reference this that he's like he's under God's curse. Yeah. Um, so I mean this is like yeah. just one of the details of like this is like I don't even think they had I was say it's not necessarily like it's just yeah. hey if you're hung on a tree that's like a, a
Johannesburg happened, Waco happened, and people do that. You know, I mean, that hundreds of people killed themselves for their faith and their belief. All right, that's cool, but it's not just that. You know, okay, yeah, that's good. Okay, now they died for their faith. Now it's the other things that happened, and they all came together in one motion. So even the five, or the four books of the gospel. I mean, all these were different letters that were written together, that were massed together. So, yes, we can find doubts in all of them, in every single one of them. But the fact that it was all put together to fit perfectly to prove this, I think, is more than compelling piece instead of breaking down each individual fact. Because we weren't there. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have, the, the only witness that we have is from the scripture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I looked it up, and there's many people online trying to disprove Christianity, right? So just Googling, like, evidence against the empty tomb, and look at so, <laughs> I don't know, I, I, was think, I would think that there would be like tons of articles, and there's lots of people online that are like, you know, trying to disprove Christianity, and nothing came up. Initial, so we can answer your question earlier. And like I said, he said that there's nothing, I can't, I haven't done all his research, but, um, <coughs> but yeah, I think that's a great question. But I, I would, um, I mean, that's pretty compelling too, but there's, there's no one, like I said, initial search and what he said in all his studies, there's no one that says anything. into that I mean went a little bit into it where it was just saying like okay the earlier it is and then the more you have them the more confident they get but we'll, we can go into seeing if he actually quotes something or seeing how like well, we might be able to even find something other than not, not just him but how historians look at stuff and go okay this is what makes sense of, yeah. if you do that it's as you said if you apply the same criteria yeah Either we accept the historical Jesus or we have to discover what history. Yeah, exactly. I, I had to come to terms. I didn't know it was until I was 26. And so when it presented the facts of the resurrection, and I know I was evaluating it differently than any other historical fact because if it was true, that meant something. Yeah. I didn't want it to yeah. mean <laughs> that my life had to change. And so that's okay. What he said earlier, like, are you seeing this evidence is different than anything? Like, well, that's okay. Yeah, that's but fine. Yeah, yeah. true. There's huge implications for your life. So if you're like, oh, Homer died in 80 or 79, you know, it's like, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. There's no implications for your yeah. life. But this is true. There's huge. So in some way, you should be more critical, yeah. right? And that's, a, yeah. you know, Dr. Craig, he's super critical. He's looking at all the evidence. He's studying that they're non-Christians, Christians, um, and he's super critical of, all right, let's say they were lying. Let's just delve more into that. Why doesn't that make sense? Or why does You know, like, he's very critical. And for good reason. Yeah, you're right. Were you impressed Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm most impressed with, um, I guess I never fully appreciated this, that there's no prophecy of, um, in the Old Testament of the Messiah resurrecting. 
I'm trying to think, I can't, I don't know if I can think of an ancient religion other than Christianity that had a story like that. Jake was saying, right, you go from, I mean, even even now, like, ask yourselves that, right? And I, I have that same struggle where it's like, man, God, if you know I believe in you, if I have faith in you, if someone comes into my house and goes, hey, I'm going to kill you, do you believe or not? I'd still have a hard time. I'd be like, why do I have to go through this, right? Like, it's still hard even today. So, yeah, for me, that was one of the big ones for sure, going like, man, they had, especially seeing what was happening. At least, okay, if I'm like, I'm going to get shot, won't feel any pain. I'll die. Fine. It's going to suck, but okay, you're going to tear me to pieces and beat me up for hours. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to go through all that pain, right? So just kind of think through that as well. And, and like we said, um, we don't want it to be like, hey, you have to believe this. Look at that. It's so obvious. This is it. And I, I never think that that's how it's going to work. I don't think God's going to be like, you read a sentence or hear a guy or hear from us and go, oh, I believe now, right? Um, I really think it's just thinking through it, like I had said before, I had never really dove into this. I had faith, right? I'm like, oh, this is cool. But at the same time, looking at it, you're like, well, this makes sense. It's not just this made up fairy tale. And next week is interesting because we'll go into like, okay, well, even things that you might not think about, right? Like, okay, how do I disprove it? Okay, what are the options that I have? Like, 
give me all the options, right? And we're gonna come at it from a different angle of like, okay, sure, whatever. The, the tomb was empty, here's one explanation. Okay, and let's go through that one. Does that one make sense? All right, let's pick another one. This is another explanation. Does that one make sense? Okay, and at the end, right, we'll ask you like, which one, what's left, right? Like, come up, I mean, we encourage you, come up with things that are like, okay, what about this, right? If, we, if you hear something that we don't come up with or that we've studied, um, come up with your own and, and question it. And that's, that's awesome, I think. So. Yeah, because again, I think of one really big one is hallucination, or like you're saying, a lot of people die for things that they really believe in, yeah. right? Um, but the, the point we were making is them lying about it. They knew that it was wrong, and they were lying about it. But if that's the case, and they really did believe it, but they were just hallucinating, we're going to work at that next week. Um, how valid is that uh, explanation for the facts? So. Cool. Any other thoughts? Which fact is most compelling? Which one do you still doubt? Any other thoughts? Like when you read that book specifically, like I know how he writes. Is it understandable enough for, like if you said, I'm going to recommend that to everybody in the room? Or is there other, because I can think of other ones that are also good. Uh -huh. Like, I mean, Case for Christ and Case for Faith stuff is really right. good. I mean, because, right. it's a, because it refers to people like him as opposed to, like, being straight in a, in a, Scholars' book. It's more scholarly written, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> they were kind of like, okay, let's read that. A little bit of fluency. Um, but uh, there's one part where he goes through the criterion, which kind of reminded me of what you were saying. The criterion of um, the explanations. Lost me. He was like, scope of impact, scope of this, scope of that. I was like, and I'm like, I don't know if this would make. It didn't make sense to me. Most of it, though, if you read it carefully, it's like his videos. He really tries to be very clear. He's like, he's very, very smart. He has a PhD. Um, has studied this all his life. Um, but we only read chapter nine, so I haven't read the entire book. Chapter nine is about resurrection. <laughs> he covers like a lot about Christianity. I've only read chapter nine. We were given this a, a month ago, or so, so it wasn't like we had. Hey, read this, and yeah, so. Questions or uh, hey, can you send me the link to the videos or his name again, whatever you need, um, or even preparation for next class. Like, hey, this is still not clear. Can you answer this next class? That's fine with us. Um, like we said, we'll kind of go into it and, and try to do as much research as we can. Um, do you know this? We have three different videos we just took sections from. Yeah. So if you want to watch the entire video, they're like about 30 minutes long in each of those lectures, please, we'd love to see those. Yeah. And if you ever want to meet up or talk outside of, I know sometimes it can be intimidating writing class or something, be like, hey, I really want to talk about this. We're very open to talking about it, and we're not here to say, like, you have to be on one side or the other. Like, let's talk. I, I would love to hear your, your thoughts on it, right? And um, um, we can sit over coffee and stuff. So uh, feel free to email us and let us know, like, hey, I still want to talk about this. I, I, I encourage you all to think about it, right? A lot of times we can get, I don't know if lazy is the right word, but... I have faith, and I don't want to really think about why this is true or not. Or also, like, um, kind of what you were mentioning, right? Like, if this is true, it's going to make a huge impact in the rest of my life. So, 
maybe it is important to think about it now, right? Um, so we'd love to talk to you about it. And as you can tell, we're not experts. We just study, what do you, mean? you know, yeah. a little 